get ready for the Teen Summit Podcast. Presenting the teen co-host, Aisha. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Naya. I don't think I like the fact that the kitchen's right being exploded. Jasmine. I am Jasmine. And presenting your host, Rachel Bernadette. Right. Right. Is it? Ah! All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Teen Summit podcast. Last week on episode 23, we continued our self-awareness series with self-awareness and resolutions, where we talked about New Year's events and how we approach changes in the next year. Today, we are super excited to introduce our new co-host, Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I should say my name is Jasmine. I'm from Richmond, Virginia. I'm 17 years old, and I attend Code RVA High School. Great. We're super excited to have you here with us, and we are back on our 24th episode, and tonight we will be talking about a collection of topics also known as This Week In. Now on to our intro reel. The Laffy presents... Teen Summit Podcast with your host, Miss Ray, Youth with Passion. Youth who speak their mind. Listen to the voices of our youth. Youth Okay, now on to our first segment. It has been a while since we've actually done a This Week In episode. So you can tell I'm pretty excited for this one because yeah. Um, so first up, we have This Week In Entertainment. And this episode, we have Oh Young Soo from Squid Games. And if you do not know who he is, I will pull up his picture right here. Can you guys see? Yeah. Definitely. So Oh Young Soo was from Squid Games and he played number one, which was the old man. And he was a very significant character. And he actually became the first Korean actor to win a Golden Globe. And he won Best Performance by a Supporting Actor in a, in a series at the 79th Award Show. Now, Young Soo says, while embracing the fragrance of our culture and the love of our family, I thank you all around the world. Now, previously on a former uh, This Weekend episode where I talked about entertainment, I brought up the Golden Globes and how they were under fire for being discriminatory um, and having no organizers who were people of color. Now, Squid Games is a well-known, is well-known worldwide due to Netflix, social media, and like the media in general. So my question for everyone is, do you think these awards towards international films are shown, um, films or shows are overdue, especially if they are 
doing extremely well in America or no? Um, I feel that, uh, could you, do you mind just repeating your question again, just so I can get my flow back in? All right, so with the Golden Globes, you know, discriminatory practices and like that allegation in the past, do you think these awards towards international films and shows are overdue, especially if they are doing extremely well in America? I feel definitely they are. Um, you know, it's like, you think about what really sells and true stories sell. Like I know Squid Game is, you know, based off of like a, fake game people created but like you see someone that looks like yourself in something you're going to want to watch it or you're going to relate to it and then it's like it becomes a part of you and you living so I feel that the allegations are definitely true and um it's finally getting to a point where we can like you know really talk about it in the industry and that people will really they really care to hear more about it and so we can see how we can fix that. But definitely. Um, I was just I was just trying to look up the sales of international movies. So that was actually the first thing that came to mind for me in terms of like what um what Jasmine said about like what sells. And um in the last 20 years, according to Hollywood Insider, the international market for movies became a predominant factor in the film industry out of 42.2 billion made at the box office worldwide in 2019, US and Canada took in 100 and, oh, excuse me, 11.4 billion, but the international box office made up over 70% of total revenue. And I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, with the abundance of international films on Netflix and a lot of streaming places too. And so, I mean, I think it just goes, I, I think it does support that point of um, being able to give international actors their rightful credit because they are making, generating a lot of money for the film industry in general. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like right now, Netflix is the only opportunity international um, actors really have to, you know, be awarded for their work. And that's not a good thing because Netflix is like widespread. And I don't know much about like international shows being put on TV, especially like for a long time, like Netflix has them. So, you know, I feel like it definitely should be um, noticed. And it's something that has been overlooked for a while, especially since we have like telenovelas on, you know, American TV, like, and they're not awarded as much when they should be. So yeah, that was just one example. Um, definitely, like, um, I feel like no matter who you are, what you are, you should always get recognized. Like, if you're a dog and you don't make a whole bunch of video, you should get recognized. But like, especially people who don't get recognized. So like, since he was the first, you said the Korean actor, right? Um, he should get recognized because there's not many actors out there who are Korean who who come to America and they all of a sudden say, oh yeah, let's get, let's uh, be in some movies, Netflix shows, whatever. And then 
they automatic people automatically say, "Oh my gosh, that was amazing! Let's now put them on billboards. Let's get them a reward." No, they don't do that. They most of the time they just kind of don't worry about it. So I think they should and they deserve it because they they put in the work. If you put in the work, you deserve all that that work gives. Yeah, I definitely agree. And with the allegations from the Golden Globe, I have one more question. Like, do you think the award that was given to Oh Young Soo was genuine or, you know, just another scheme? Um, I believe it could be a spur of the moment type of situation where it's like, maybe it's fear, once again, with those allegations. They're like, not saying that he did not deserve his award or something, but I feel that the people voting may have like fear of the allegations and they're constantly thinking about it. And they're like, hey, if we don't uh, select him, then people are going to be really upset and they're going to fight us back. So let's go ahead and pick him. Although it should just be that he got it because he was doing good in his role and he did what he was supposed to do for his job and it became a wide stream thing. It, there could be um, a spur of the moment type of situation. I definitely agree because a lot of the times when people have like when it's like a new per, like a new person new race that's getting recognized or person who is like um, from somewhere else they and they come to America or even just period they don't usually think of it as like oh yeah let's just automatically do it something. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with what Naye said. Um, I would just like to share that an audience member um, stated, unfortunately, actors get stuck in their genre, and that is a form of racism. Black artists are stuck in Black movies, white and white movies, and so on. I couldn't agree with that more. I feel like, you know, in this time, like, we're starting to integrate a little bit more, but there's always, like, you know, people who watch the movies and stuff like that that get caught up in, oh, what would the white person do? What would the Black person do? What would the Asian person do? What would the Hispanic person do? You know, I feel like there's still, like, a difference or, like, a separation within the audience members, if not the actual movie or the show itself. So, like, I don't know why, like, how we're going to get rid of that, but it just seems to just be there for now. Answer to your question, Aisha, was it genuine? I mean, I was like, so what? So what if it wasn't genuine? Like, at a, um, from a, a artist perspective, a creative entrepreneur perspective, like, that's myself too. Sometimes, you know, thoughts go across my head, like, oh, are they really, do they really like my stuff or are they just whatever, whatever? If they're paying him and they're giving him the celebrity, and this is just, again, an opposing side, should it matter if it was genuine or should, you know, how, can, how do we know? I mean, we don't know. Of course, we're just outsiders spectating, but I do think that thought can get into a lot of people. And again, this is a generalization. Um, a lot of, especially black people's psyche or people of color of like, you know, um, they weren't really, uh, they weren't really supporting us. So they were just using our culture to make money. Um, and so that's why you see a lot of petitions and strikes of people of color in different films and movies, because it's like, well, if you don't really appreciate my art, you don't really appreciate my craft. You know, so that's, there's two sides to that, um, I believe, because you, 
I personally know you can't change people's intentions or their motives, you know, but I also know that all money isn't good money, you know, all fame and celebrity isn't the right type. So it's just another perspective to think about. Jasmine, did you want to change what you were going to say or add on to that? I can add on to what you said. Uh, yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, that's another like great thing that they have on their resume. That's another good thing that they have on their like just portfolio. So regardless of the true intentions, then you could just look at the goodness of what's going on and use that to become better and use that as motivation for things. I agree. Even though like it's better to like get a reward for like for like what you actually done and people actually mean it um it's still even if they didn't mean it you still get that reward and you still um you're still now recognized because even if they didn't they only did it just for the viewers or just for for the people who like might think that it's weird that that was a great like uh show on netflix um it's still is that reward and no matter what like now it's them looking crazy because now it's getting a lot of recognition even if they didn't mean it one more thing before we transition because this is a real life example you know i don't know if you all ever experienced this but sometimes when you post things on social media it might it could be like uh, something you're, you're you're very proud of or whatever and it's something I'm working with too you know it'll get no likes like no one likes it or whatever and then you post something that maybe you don't care about so much and everybody likes it and just like okay why you know and so or people who maybe never saw you before maybe never supported anything and all of a sudden they're liking your stuff or whatever the case is. And what I've learned is to use, use it as fuel, just kind of like what Jasmine said, use, you have the platform, use it as an opportunity because again, we can't control whether or not people, how people perceive us, all we can do is take it and choose how we want to move forward with it. So it's a real, it, even if, even if you're listening, you know, you don't have to be an actor to kind of experience the same thing. Like nobody sees me or nobody appreciates what I do. And they only like me when I do this, you know, be able to use those opportunities to still grow. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like that like just goes to show the um, focus that a lot of people on social media really has, especially when it comes to Instagram, movies, TV shows, and all of that. So thank you guys for pitching into this week in entertainment. Um, Naye, <laughs> do you have anything to say? Um, yes, but it seems like there's some stuff in the chat for. Um, Noah said, I think it's about being genuine to yourself and being transparent for your growth. Love that. Um, that's actually like uh some wise words. Um, this week in animals yeah so this, I just want to know does any of you guys have like any like furry little animals uh like little pets uh dogs cats I don't know I don't have a furry pet I have a pet fish <laughs> I have a wet pet <laughs> yes he's a beta redfish nicknamed red 
so oh that's cute okay so main now so we're mainly gonna be talking about dogs so has any has anybody ever thought about like if dogs could understand you if you talked another's language like just curious because um I was doing some research for school um for engineering we were our assignment was to choose something that is recent and write about it and so I came across this interesting article called um dogs know when you're speaking another language and talking nonsense and I was like um what <laughs> I was like, kind of curious like I mean I wondered if they could like knew other languages but at the same time I was like mm, maybe that's just like humans you know humans know things so when I studied it and I read it uh this basically the study was about the study was about how dogs like like interpret and listen um and understand uh like different types of speech so what they did with the study was they put um a dog as you can see the dog right there um they basically put um a dog inside of a mri little tulip tube thingy but um they put headphones on the dog and they made the dog sit still and they they played in the dog's ear um the words the little print the little prints and they they uh they had it in hungarian and spanish and one of the languages was unfamiliar and then they also put like jumbled up words that was like nonsense to see if the dog would react and so they tested about 18 dogs and they the study came out that dogs brains can like detect the changes which was very interesting because I mean it makes sense why they every time like you play a noise or something they kind of start barking or start looking sideways um so this a fact is that this shows that um dogs are the first non-primates to show they can like process the ability to understand spontaneous language um yeah that was an interesting thing that I kind of sort of came across and that I don't know I thought I, sh I should share so my question is to you guys has any of you have any has any so okay first I want to ask does any of you guys know like a different language or talk a different language oh, Spanish per okay okay Aisha Speaking of dogs, oh well, animals, sorry, the purr. <laughs> wow, Ms. Sorry, you know, I'm, real I'm real corny, you know, but I just had to pick that up. But continue, I love, I love puns, which are plays on words, so. Thank you. <laughs> um, I speak broken English. Okay, okay. So have any of you tried to, no, this is just a question, like, like, just has anyone tried to speak another language to the, their pet or someone else's pet or a dog? Just wondering. I mean, I guess it's how you look at it. When you, when you tell your dog, like, commands, like, sit or something, I don't, it's like they understand only because it's like a memorization type of thing. Like, you know, when you just say sit constantly and then you tell them to do the action. Are they, I guess it's like a question and an answer. Are they truly understanding that word or are they just thinking, hey, this person is saying this and this means that 
so I'm going to do that so I don't get like in trouble or something like I guess that's what we do when we do talk to animals or something or people say like hi baby or something they get happy because those words um may signify happy memories or happiness going on in their lives they get a treat right after you say that so I don't I also feel like it depends on the tone that you're using because a lot of the times like dogs will you know react based on moods and emotions so like that might play a part but I remember one day I had an argument with my sister because she said dogs can't understand different languages and I said that they couldn't first like I don't know why I said that like I feel like it's a part of living in your own world you know like when you live in your own world and like you don't really think about like the outside of it that's where I was at so I was like they can't understand you know they can't understand like another language or like even your language when you're speaking to them but I do think it's both the language like words and the tone and emotions to add on to that I think Aisha was in my head a little bit around um when you're in your own world you think everything revolves around you and I what would be really cool to like as an expansion of this research I don't know if they did do it was to take a dog from who lives in Portugal where they speak Spanish and bring that dog here they speak Portuguese Portuguese I'm sorry correct me because correct me just especially since we were talking about cultural appropriateness earlier so if they speak Portuguese and then bring the dog here in a whole new environment like would the dog understand English because again it's it's like just because their world is the only world that's there is it does it translate you know I, I think that would be really cool to to test that out um, because just like you were saying Jasmine in Portugal they would give Portuguese commands and if they were here they would give English commands and I mean that's how the dog was just trained they didn't know anything else they grew up Portuguese <laughs> a Portuguese dog so I think that'd be interesting I do I'm curious do you guys think that they're, you know how dogs bark, right? So do you think their bark could be like a different language or like there's different types of barks for different like places? I don't know. That's just like an interesting thought. Like, do, do they really like understand the language and their bark actually is like that language maybe? Or, cause like, you know, dogs communicate with each other. So can like a dog from... Portugal and a dog from Hungary like is that what it's called Hungary right mm -hmm. yeah can they come together and like communicate and still understand each other I see I feel like this goes back to being in your own world because I was not thinking about like the dogs actually communicating to each other I was thinking about the humans communicating to the dogs but I mean, if we can do it, I think they can do it too. I feel like this got really sci-fi-ish real quick. Like, 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 uh, like alien languages. But I think this brings up a larger point around communication with just communication in general. Um, you know, people who speak different languages, like how do you communicate? You know, whether it's through body language, whether it's through... Um, eye contact, you know, what are the other ways that they can still communicate? Because I'm sure if um, you looked at the behavior of dogs, that is, that may be constant, meaning like snuggling with a dog or, you know, just 
things that are universal outside of language. I think this is a very interesting topic. And for those of you who might be going off to college soon, interested in language major, language like linguistics is a major in college where you learn about etymology and roots of words and all sorts of cool stuff. So um, if you're listening and you, and you think you have these thoughts, they're not weird. And there's actually a subject and area that you can learn about it. Um, so anyways. Um, I see Noah said something in the chat. I think they do. I think they understand mannerism. They believe love is love and they believe hate is hate. I think um, I was going to add something kind of like that. Um, in my astronomy class, shout out to my astronomy teacher school, uh, we were talking about something you said about the aliens. We were um, talking about whether if we sent a signal out to aliens, would they know anything? Like it was just, it was on one of the spaceships or something that they set out and it has a gold reflector thing. I think it was a Hubble. It's a gold reflector thing. And if they're advanced enough, they would know what the gold is. And then we could get somewhere if there were to be aliens. I was saying, I was like, well, how do we know that that's enough? Like, how do we know that that's a base level of something? And then I thought about it as humans. I was like, well, something, to, like something that we may think here in America will be nice, may not be nice in other countries. Like, um, I can't think of anything like, or it's, I guess it's a little different. Like um, you're slurping something. And uh, I believe, yes, England, if you're slurping your tea, it's rude. But if you're in Japan, if you're slurping like, um, I think it is Japan, I believe it's Japan last night. If you're slurping either tea or you're slurping ramen, it means that the meal was good. I'm just paraphrasing. I believe that's what it was. But things like that, um, I, I know that has a lot of things to do with culture and stuff, but things we may see as hello may not be that same. And there's even different tribes and places on the earth that we have not, it's not really documented because they want to keep it, you know, as traditional as possible. So I was thinking, um, the dogs and like the the modern dog like now will know whether a cuddle is nice and they'll know if like if someone's hitting them with me because it, it's just it's just very interesting as we think really yeah to the alien thing that's what really made me um think about that yeah I, we're all aliens at the end of the day i think we're to somebody i do have like one last question that just like to, to just think about, um, how do you think that this study can have a positive impact on people and dogs' lives? Like, do you think this study can impact humans in any kind of way? I think we started to touch on it. Um, for me, it's just about understanding, like coming into a conversation with someone who may be speaking a different language with a base level of like, you, we might not understand our language, but we can have an understanding. Like if dogs can understand a foreign language, then humans can also seek to understand each other. And for me, that's the that's what I would get as a lesson that I could take from it. What about y'all? I agree. Um, I think we could take that. I think if there's a yearning to want to connect, there'll be a way, they'll find a way like humans, we'll find a way to translate that language. We'll find the book, we'll find even the Google Translate. If we wanna connect with somebody, we'll go through the effort to do it. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel like one form of language we didn't talk about as much as body language, because dogs really do pay attention to body language a lot more than like actual words. So I feel like now that um, we got a chance to really look at the article, it can impact a lot of ways that humans, you know, communicate with dogs because they know that they understand more than what we thought they do. So they'll just be not cautious, but, you know, more like attentive to when they're like, you know, being around dogs or like talking to them or doing things and stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. Yes, we are going to see what's this week in COVID. Um, so we're going to talk about prom. Prom is coming up very fast for a lot of high schools. Um, people are preparing for prom. I myself in my school am the president of the prom committee. So like I'm thinking about preparing prom. Um, the only problem is COVID has really messed us up. Uh, we don't know how we can do things, especially in 2020, prom was just canceled. People were struggling, they were freaking out. Um, so we're going to talk about, uh, just vaguely, because I have another awesome topic after this, how prom, what people did for prom. Now, I have an article from my state of Virginia from um, what different people were doing, but they also talk about in other states. Like in Missouri, they did an unprom where people went to the drive-in and they just had like a open type of area where people still dressed up and they had fun. People just want to have fun with this. So last year in high school, they've been waiting so long to um, attend this party and then it just gets canceled. It's not, it's not awesome. It's not very fun. So um, another school in Virginia Beach, they had a non-prom at the beach where it was just open. And a lot of schools, they just wanted to have like a big open space where it was outdoorsy. And all once again, this is in 2020, where COVID was just like the biggest. I know it's dwindled down and it's going back up, but it wasn't as it is now where we can kind of work things out. People are still figuring out about COVID. Um, it was safe for the most part, but then the aftermath came people started having private prom parties like at their homes or just other places and they hosted it there. And that's when COVID outbreaks started to happen. And then other people start getting COVID and then it just steadily rises. So we're left with the question, how do we plan prom without people wanting to be secretive and have other private proms, which of course they have every right to do. But it's just, it leads to more cases, all because one thing is canceled. So what do you guys think about that first question? Like, what, what can um, be done? I think um, what can be done is that, you know, people in schools, a lot of schools have now, like, started testing and stuff, like, in, like, the beginning of the week. To, to make sure like if make sure people are like negative and stuff my school we're about to have a formal and in order for us to actually go to the formal we have to take our tests like our normal tests that we take on Mondays 
we have to actually take it. Like, if you don't take it, then you can't come to the formal. Like, if you say, oh, I don't want to take it because I just don't want to, and you try to, like, do all that, then you just won't be going to the formal because you have to take it in order to actually come to the formal. We were thinking of actually doing, uh, what's it called, the rapid test, like, a day before or something. But then it was, like, it's a lot. So, I mean, it's, it, it's possible, and it is, like, a good way to be safe but at the same time you don't want to like put too much pressure on people especially since like some of the rapid tests aren't even true so you don't want to like do a rapid test and then it comes back positive and then you and you're really not so cp the pcr test is that what it's called i don't want to i don't want to say it wrong um those are like the most accurate and you have to do those like in advance so even if that's just like, if it's not even on Monday, maybe it's Tuesday or Wednesday and you take that test and you make sure that you are negative before you even try to go to the prom and having like schools actually um, providing them. You know, I like this topic a lot because it reminds me of an article I read about um, Baltimore and them having like a virtual prom where they just dress up, come on the Zoom and like, actually dance and there's music on the you know it was funny to me because it was like here if that were to ever occur it would probably be like at most five people on the zoom because like it was just you know a lot of people wouldn't really like it as much because there's nothing normal about that to them but to gain back that normalcy I would say like Naya said like do the testing we do testings every Sunday so we can do that and also um, like minimize the amount of people or have like a, a number requirement for who can come to the prom. Like, I don't know, like 200 each class or like 100 each class and have like an open space to, to, you know, like open it to everybody and actually give them all a chance to, to like the opportunity to come. Even doing, uh, oh. Uh, maybe even doing more than one prom maybe like if you have like a humongous school and like you need to do two proms and your because your gym or whatever is not that big enough I mean that big that's also an idea just to do more than one prom so that even though one like one certain amount of people gets that fun even the other amount of people also get to have fun and it's not like oh it's a lot of people and then um somebody like it's COVID or whatever it's smaller and it's less people and it's less um what's like people in one space I don't know how this I, I can't think of the word that I was thinking of um yeah I was actually about to say that and I just want to clarify uh, these problems did take place 2021 not 2020 um the year 2021 so people didn't have a chance to think about what they were going to do for the next year so sorry seniors for 2020 um but yes I was thinking and I have to think outside the box for this because my school, we only have less than 300 students. So it wouldn't really be a problem. And then it's only juniors and seniors going anyway. So that's not even a whole school. But for other schools, like 1,000 kids, 1, kids, 900 kids, um, maybe two proms would be good. This actually reminds me of a case back in um, Georgia. And it was even in the 90s and even early 2000s where there were integrated proms, which is not the fun thing we're talking about is white proms and black proms and or like minority proms 
And even to this day, there are still some schools where they'll have a white prom and they'll have a black prom and the school is integrated. The students go to school together, but they don't go to prom together. So it's like all of these questions about prom, like here we think prom is just, oh, everybody at the school can go together. But in some schools, COVID may not even be a problem if the school, if the, co- if the prom is already split in half between students of color and white students. So it's just a lot of things about. Yeah, so I feel like I've been serving as the, uh, the uh, screen article sharer because that's really a really good um, point, which I think we might have to explore a little bit um, more in our second season. But yeah, that's that's really good. Um, so if anyone is curious, you want to check this out, we'll put this link in the show notes um, when we post our YouTube and Spotify podcast around the controversy of segregation of proms um, in Georgia in this example. talk about last year was really big for movie musicals and latinx actors and actresses um we had uh movies like in the heights come out we had west side story come out we had encanto come out which did you know is like number one on spotify tiktok literally everything um that we don't talk about bruno song is huge um and uh, a really big breakout star for last year was um Anthony Ramos and he is here he is right here with Lin-Manuel Miranda who was the creator of Hamilton and worked together in Hamilton but in the heights he was big star in the heights for 2021 which is a story of a Dominican man who was in the heights in New York City who um, talks about just living in the Heights and then there's a lot of involved in love interests and friends and it's about gentrification and there's different stories, but um, it was a really big year for these actors and actresses and producers. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda had four big movies come out last year. He had Bebo, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Canto. And um, in the Heights, yeah, yeah, in the Heights. Um, but it was just a really big musical movie um, year and a big Latino actor year. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was very interesting and relatable to people. Can I just bring up how um, those two like have this one style and like no matter what they're in, you automatically know it's them. Like yes. when I looked, when I watched Yubo, or this that was called, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally the guy from Hamilton. I knew it just from watching it. I was like, bet I am gonna love this. Like it's just gonna be amazing, and it definitely was. You can just hear it in the voice. Like all you, if you never watch the show and you listen to like the soundtrack, the soundtrack like I did, all you have to hear is the voice. Like the voice literally tells it all. But you would never know if you don't watch Hamilton. You have to watch Hamilton. If That's you don't like, watch yeah. Hamilton, you're not going to understand at all. It was a, I saw a ranking of um, Lenore Miranda movies, and Hamilton was number one. And then there, um, he also did Moana back in 2016. 
And um, yeah, I think I listed. Oh, and he also did Mary Poppins in 2018. I think I listed all his movies. Yeah, but um, I think those were really good movies for last year. Uh, COVID did not help them when it came out, but yeah. Looks like we're gonna have to have like a. I think we started doing this when we first started having a Teen Summit podcast like playlist or something. So. Yeah, I think that would be cool or like movie recommendations, but awesome episode. Um, so glad to have you as a part of our team, Jasmine. You definitely add a lot of value. And at the Lake Arbor, we always are trying to empower and just enrich youth voices. So thank you for all of you sharing your gifts with us tonight. Um, as always, we're going to post the replay on YouTube, Spotify, wherever podcasts are listened to and streamed. And next week, not next week, next episode um, on Thursday, February 10th, I'm sorry, um, is our episode 25. So we are closing out our first season. Um, We started back in November of 2020 and we have come a long way. So stay tuned for that episode because we'll have lots of fun, exciting things going on. Might have some special guests some past guests, some past co-hosts, so you don't want to miss it. Until February 10th, have a wonderful, spectacular, amazing evening, and we'll see you next time.